This is the Old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendorvis, the Old Trailblazer, riding out on Old Dan from early morning to late in the evening a lot of time, bringing you God's message, getting out the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. My friend, did you know there's not much true preaching going on today? Oh, we have a lot of this uh, decisionism, a lot of trust Jesus, give your heart to Jesus, but that's not salvation, my friend. Speaking in tongues, that's not salvation. Praying through, that's not salvation. No, sir. Seeing a seeing a vision on the outhouse, that's not salvation. My friend, salvation is being delivered from the power of sin by the Holy Spirit. No, my friend. But listen, listen. We are here each day, Monday through Friday, with the old Trailblazer broadcast, and we're looking at the study on demonism. Demonism. But before we get started, I mentioned to you before we have question and answer things that people used to write in to Pastor Shelton, and he'd answer their letter. I have one of those questions queued up here I want to give you. Are there, listen now, are there two distinct classes of people in the world, the sanctified, glorified saints of God who will occupy the new city? Though I'm let me, let me go back now. Explain how children can be born in the new world when Jesus said there would be no marriages or in resurrection, but they would be as angels. Now let me give you the answer. There are two distinct classes of people in the new world: the sanctified, glorified saints of God who will occupy that new city. Then the nations of the earth, in their innocency, will occupy the rest of the new earth. It is among those people who will populate the earth. Oh, my friend, we have uh, a pamphlet here on question and answers that folks wrote in to Pastor Shelton. I'll be glad to send you a copy of it if you'd like, free and post-paid. But let's get back to our study. We're looking at uh, the power of demons over the human body. Isn't that interesting? Don't that interest you, my friend? Don't you? Wouldn't you like to know? Well, just listen, would you? According to Matthew 9, everything we do is scripture and verse, chapter and verse, my friend. Matthew 9, 22, they, they caused dumbness. They brought, him to a, they brought him a dumb man possessed with a demon. And when the demon was cast out, the dumb spake. Then, according to Matthew 12, 22, these demons caused blindness. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, demon, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. Now here's another outstanding characteristic of these demons. Would you listen? And that is that they cause a mania for suicide. We saw that in our last study, and we'll get back into it a little later on, my friend. But let's, on, let's just move on, if you will. And uh, let me call your attention to something else. Demon of possession, uh, as I told you last time, accounts for this craze of dancing among our church folk. Social dancing has always been among the world. But listen, many churches today are turning their churches into dance halls and evil, other evil. Your young people of the church today don't think they can have a good time unless they can have a dance. Oh, I know years ago, my granddaughter was going to a little parochial school, Baptist school, and uh, we'd go by there and pick her up on Wednesday evening and go to ch- take her to church with us. But they had, uh, they played ba- uh, 
volleyball, and we'd get there about the time the volleyball game was over, and all of a sudden they start bringing in uh, pianos and all kind of musical instruments into the gym. That's where they were. And I asked her, I said, darling, what is all, what, what do they do? She said, Papa, that's a contemporary church. That's where the young people get the band in here, this uh, uh, brass band, and, and I guess they do dance by it. I'm not sure, she said. But listen, let me call your attention. Demon possession accounts for the craze for dancing. Folks, today, social dancing has always been among the world. But many churches today are turning their churches into dance halls. Young people of the church today don't think they can have a good time unless they have a dance. Any individual preacher or otherwise who stands up and says, I don't see any harm in dancing, is spiritually blinded and doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, no, he's just a, just a tool of Satan. If his preaching was spirit-indicted and his young people brought under Holy Spirit conviction for salvation, the first thing they would do would give up their dancing in connection with their immodest dressing. Our only hope today is, now let me tell you something, folks. We, we, we're in a desperate position. Our children are gone to hell in a handbasket, so to speak, because their parents... Oh, my friend, I've heard people say, well, I was held down by my mom and pa, and I'm not going to do my children that way. Well, your children will be going to hell, my friend, and you with them. Our only hope today is a spiritual awakening. You see it on the horizon? I don't. I hope for it. I pray for it. Young people, preachers, uh, listen, Otherwise, can't stand it in the, can't stand in the presence of the Lord God of Heaven, manifested in old time Holy Spirit conviction, and say there is no harm in dancing. Let's go one step further while we still have time. Listen now, this wave of demon possession is also accounts for the craze of the picture shows. A person today out of Christ, no matter what his position he occupies in the church official or otherwise, thinks he must go to the picture show one or more nights a week. The average preacher today sees no harm in the picture show. The picture show is today as enemy number one of our church. Let me state again, the world has always lived like that. Let the world have what they want. I'm talking about the church, folks. I'm talking about members of the First Baptist Church of Algiers, Radio Mission, the individual who sees no harm in a picture show is a constant attender of the shows, whether it's a pulpit or the, whether he's in the pulpit, the pew, and has not been born again and knows nothing about Christ and salvation of his soul. One of the first things a person will do when the Lord throws him under, puts him under Holy Spirit conviction for salvation is to quit going to the picture show. To show you how far demons' influence and demon possession has invaded our church life under the guise of visual aid, and the show is brought right into our churches. I know churches that are very, very popular that have movies in the church. They have those big screens up behind the pulpit, and they have they have movie night. On, a lot of them on Sunday night, and then around Christmas time, they have the Christmas movies and all of those things, my friend, to show you how far demon influence and demon possession has invaded our church life under the guise of visual aid. The show is brought right into our church, and our leaders are so blinded spiritually 
that they cannot see the danger and the trick that Satan has pulled on us. Just so, uh, how much more? How much more? Let me let me give you a typical Protestant church on uh, Bible school, children's stories in class, whatever. And on a certain Sunday, the pastor will tell all the Sunday school teachers, we have a decision day coming up, folks. Next Sunday is decision day. We want you to get all the children ready for decision day. And all that next week, next Sunday, they talk to the children about making the decision for Jesus. Don't you want to please Grandpa and Grandma? We're going to invite them to come. You'll be baptized. And don't you want to please Ma and Paul? Oh, but my friend, they want to see little Susie up there in the baptismal pool. My friend, you talk about satanic to the nth degree. That's what it is. My, it's, it's growing by leaps and bounds, my friend. I've talked to several people. I know several people personally who joined the church, so to speak, when they were six years old, seven years old, baptized, and they think they're saved. They, they, I asked them, how did the Lord save them? They said, well, I joined the church when I was seven years old. Ain't that salvation? No, it's not, my friend. No, it's not. No, it's not, my friend, at all. This is an, an analysis of the situation we face today. I'm not critical, my friend. I'm just stating fact. The remedy is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ being preached under the power of the Holy Spirit because two things have to take place before a sinner ever gets saved. Now listen. The first is the Holy Spirit has to reveal to that sinner who he is by nature and what he is by nature and the judgment he's under. Then secondly... When the Holy Spirit has revealed to that sinner who he is by nature and the sinner has come to see it and acknowledge it, then he reveals to that heart of that sinner who Christ is, that he died for you, sinner. Are you, have you ever been a lost sinner, my friend? Have you ever come to the place of being a lost, lost sinner? My friend, it's no, it's no shame to be lost. It's a shame to, to be uh, unawakened. It's, it's, it's not a... It's, it's just a shame, my friend. It, it, are you ashamed to take your place as a lost sinner? You never will be saved. No. We have folks, even here in this ministry, who won't even stand up in prayer meeting and say, Pastor, I want to be saved. Pastor, the Lord has awakened me to my lost condition. I want to be saved, Pastor. Or Mr. Leader, whoever it is. Or in Sunday school, little old kids, they don't have a, they, they don't have a courage enough to stand up and say, You know, I was baptized last year. Now I'm 16 years old. I'm not saved, Pastor. I'm not saved, Mr. Teacher. But listen, my friend. Oh, secondly, when the Holy Spirit is revealed to that sinner who he is by nature, then he reveals to the heart of that sinner who Christ is and makes him real to the, as the awakened sinner as his substitute. You know anything about a substitute, my friend? Without the shedding of blood, there's no salvation, my friend. Christ on the cross shed his precious blood, every drop of it. I've often heard it said by good sound preachers that the Lord captured every drop of blood that he bled in a basin and took it back to heaven with him. And our Father, God, Father, God the Father, accepted that blood as redemption for our precious soul. Are you saved, my friend? Can the old trailblazer just be kind to you and gentle this morning? Are you saved? Would you look in the mirror in your bathroom, wipe the fog off of it if you've been taking a shower, wipe it off with a clean, dry towel, and look in that near mirror and say, am I saved? 
Old Trailblazer wanted me to do this. Or am I saved? Then you truckers, my trucker friends out there on the highway, interstate, wherever you are, when you get down out of that big old tractor at the next way station or either at the break room, when you get down, look in that big old mirror and say, am I saved? If I don't get home tonight, will my family know that I went to heaven? My friend, those are serious questions, aren't they? That's right. That's right. You may be hauling a load of hazmat material, hazmat, and uh, that thing go off a cliff out there somewhere in Colorado. I've been out there. I see those things. And my friend, I've seen those big old trucks turned over on the side of the highway with a load of hazmat or a load of steel. Tear that cab all to pieces, and that man went to hell in a moment. My friend, don't do that. Don't take a chance on You say, Pastor, what must I do? Seek the Lord. Ask the Lord to awaken you. You know you can ask the Lord to awaken you. Lord, deal with my heart. I'm just a poor old sinner. You've shown me that. But, Lord, would you, would you show me that Christ died for me? Lord, I want, to be, I, want, I want to face reality. I got a wife and three kids back at home, and I don't want them to think I went to hell. Lord, I don't want to go to hell. And I asked my congregation the other night, I said, anybody here wants to go to hell? Not one hand was raised, my friend. Not one hand was raised. My, you say, old Trailblazer, you a crazy old kook. Well, I've been called a lot worse than that, my friend, but I'm here after your soul. The Lord told me to go forth, preach the gospel, be instant in season and out of season, and that means to reprove and rebuke and call names. You say, oh, Mr. Trailblazer, you call names? Yes, sir. I hadn't called your name yet, have I, but I might. This is the old Trailblazer broadcast. This is Pastor Albert Pendarvis. Been here a long, long time, me and old Dan. But we're heading back to the house tonight and get back home for a good hot meal and a soft bed. And old Dan go in the barn and get some hay and some, maybe some chopped oats or something. Remember, we'll be back Monday with another message from God's Word. Goodbye and God bless you. Pastor Pendarvis thanks listeners who emailed, called, and wrote him recently with encouragement to continue airing this broadcast. If you have not done so, take a moment to let Pastor Pendarvis know you appreciate this ministry. Email pastor at radiomissions.org or call 225-664-8658. That's pastor at radiomissions.org or call 225-664-8658. 